to do some voice exercises. If you want to participate with me, you can. But I want to. The quick brown fox jumped over the lazy log. Per- perfect. All right. The quick brown fox jumped over the lazy rog. Lo- ro- <laughs> oh, God. There were two failed. options, and you didn't do either one. <laughs> I wish I knew. I wish I knew how how to do this. Uh, the skeleton found a banknote that gave him a million dollars if he ran away to California. <laughs> how now, brown cow? Yeah? I'll have a club sandwich, please. Extra lettuce. Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> do you enjoy... Did you say extra lettuce? Yes. <laughs> it took me a second I, to get that. I was about to say, do you enjoy uh, lettuce on like hot foods like very much really cold lettuce on a hot sandwich absolutely i hate that because the cold and the hot have to meet together and it becomes lukewarm lettuce and that's the most disgusting food you've ever had you're not eating your sandwiches fast enough what are you talking about immediately when it comes into contact with the hamburger it becomes lukewarm you take a bite and you got crunchy cold water and then you get into the hot meat I don't like that marriage in my mouth. I want just one consistent temperature. I want either cold temperature or hot temperature inside my mouth when I'm eating something. All right, go have some Kraft macaroni and cheese and a Lunchable, why don't you? Yeah, I will, because I'm an American, and that's what I can choose to do. I don't need lettuce that's been wilted by steam and heat just sopping up and just just being in my mouth and just being this like weird, spongy liquid. I don't need that in my life. Iceberg lettuce? Get out of here with that. I don't need something that killed the Titanic inside my salad. I didn't didn't know you were too good for a uh, Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich. Just leave the lettuce out of it. I love the sandwich. I love spicy chicken sandwich. Just leave the lettuce out of it. Why do we even have that in there? The nutritional value of a Wendy's piece of lettuce has to be less than that of anything else in the world. It's the crunch. You get some crunch. It's texture. Why do we need crunch with sandwiches? Why do we need that? I don't need that. Because it's better. No, it's not. It's Why do we need anything with sandwiches? Why don't you just take a nutrition pill, you robot? It's substantially worse. I don't need a crunch in my sandwich. What I need is an actual sandwich that tastes good and doesn't taste like I'm eating uh, something out of a farm, out of the ground. I don't need to be a rabbit. I need to be an American man. That's what I need to be. Roger. (laughs) I might be mad at something else. Hey guys, welcome to Two Drunks Don't Make a Right. My name is Chris. I'm Roger. <laughs> All right, uh, this week's episode, we got a great one for you. Uh, if you haven't seen this show, uh, no one's ever seen the show. Quit <laughs> saying seen this show. Every time. If you haven't seen the show, Roger and I were- heard they hear a show. If you haven't seen the show, <laughs> if you haven't seen the show before, Roger. <laughs> If you haven't seen this show before, Roger and I will talk about the topic for a while, and the person at the end of the episode with most points wins. Uh, usually Dave's with us. Unfortunately, he's uh, yeah, in another part of the state, doesn't always able to be here. So tonight, you're just left with Roger and I. So I believe just, he said he's working on a water softener. We get to argue like uh, an old couple, so that's uh, that's fun for everybody involved, apparently. Anyway, how do you win uh, two joints to make a right? Great question. Uh, basically, this is a game show that has a free market point system. What that means is the person at the end of the episode wins, and with the mo- ah, Jesus, can I redo this whole thing? No. <laughs> All right. I want to see your editing skills. <laughs> Very bad. 
So the person at the end of the episode with the most points wins. How do you get points? Great question. We have a free market point system. Anybody on the podcast can give or take away any amount of points for any reason. I can give podca- I can give Roger a thousand points because he makes a great argument. Roger can take away nine hundred points. Uh, justifiably because I've screwed up this intro so bad. It's all fair. It's all right on two drunks. Don't make it right. Raj, how are you feeling? Oh my gosh. That was the worst intro I've ever done. I'm going to do a minus one for you. Oh, please do. Uh, so yes, that's a, that's our point system in action. Raj just took away a point from me and I'm not going to retaliate by giving myself a point or taking a point away from him. I'm going to say, you know what, Raj, I'm going to take a point away from myself. So negative two points to Chris starting right out of the game. All right. I just got to run out the clock now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No more points for the whole four corners episode. offense. All right, Raj. <laughs> Uh, we do have an uh, audience in uh, in the studio today. Our uh, respected wives, uh, Roger and I, have our wives uh, listening to us. So if you hear a cackling, that's them. I- you guys didn't think they were married, right? <laughs> <laughs> Buzzing. <laughs> I don't know if anybody could hear that, but uh, they uh, they made a very funny and clever comment, which is just a reflection of why we married them and love them so much. Sort of insulting herself. Well. She said that she took one for the team by marrying us. So saving other ladies for uh, from the horribleness of dating us. So Or marrying to us. Because you're here for the life of us. It's all forever. Uh, so one of us is out here. All right. <laughs> Rods, this week's episode, uh, I'm excited for it. You excited? Absolutely. All right. So the premise is we want to make uninteresting topics interesting. See if we can do that, like a challenge for ourselves. This week's topic that I chose from randomly on a list of 50 other topics is asphalt. That thing on the ground that we all drive on, the thing that we all see every day, the thing that has made us into a modern civilization that we would not be where we are without it, asphalt. I'm excited. Are you excited? Yeah, I just got a new asphalt driveway not three months ago. See, I feel like I'm going to give you a point for having an asphalt driveway on our episode about asphalt. Because that's a, I have a concrete driveway. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll see when you commit that hard. <laughs> If I was a real like if I was a real guy that cared about this podcast like for real, I would get an asphalt driveway. I wouldn't have this concrete BS out there, you know? I, I feel pretty lonely over here. Really? Yeah. Well, I just wish you would commit as hard as I do. I forgot to mention, by the way, the person at the end of the episode that gets the most points wins. What do they win? A four and a half foot sword that is a replica of the same sword used in Lord of the Rings at the third movie, Return of the King, that Aragorn uses. And when he returns as the king. Uh, I forget what the name of the sword is. I really got to look that up. What are you going to do with I the don't sword? know it. I'm sorry. What are you going to do with the sword if you uh, win it? I think it's like Andrew I think is what it's called. Yeah, uh, that sounds about right. Rod, what are you going to do with that sword if you win it? Um, hit you with it? I don't know. Probably uh, leave it here, to be honest with I've you. I've used it to slice cheese. And it's I hurt myself a lot. Did you really cut cheese with it? No, but I got to at this point. Right? I am. I do want everyone to know Chris purchased the sword, but I was the first owner of the sword. Yes. Because he purchased it, purchased it for a college or yes. right after college drinking Olympics, and I won the drinking Olympics, I beer think, Olympics. I think of myself as like the um, 
the guardian of the sword. Like I have, I bought it, so technically I am the owner of it. But the actual like person that possesses the sword changes, and I get to knight the person. So I knighted I'm, you with it that night. It was great. I'm gonna make sure that our friendship ends when I'm in possession of the sword, <laughs> just so that you have to live your life knowing the sword that you own is in my house. Oh, come on, man, be cool. <laughs> I thought, we were, I thought we were better friends today. You're going to let a sword come between us? I'm going to let a sword cause the problem between us. In all honesty, I thought Monopoly would be the reason that we uh, <clears throat> stopped being friends. Uh, you weren't good enough at it. Yeah, well, I want to I want to get him out. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll check that. You want to fight? All right. So this week, uh, I tried to see if I could find anything interesting about Asphalt, but in all honesty, it was really difficult. Um the things that I personally found interesting about Asphalt, I realize regular people would think are probably, it's pretty boring to regular people. Um, I'm just kind of real excited and enthusiastic about learning new things. But regular people are probably going to think like, oh, this is pretty stupid. Uh, for instance, Asphalt in England. Do you know what Asphalt is called uh, in England, London, all that stuff? The boot. Do you... <laughs> No. A Bonnie. <laughs> Those are parts of a car. Asphalt is called bitumen. Bitumen. Or some people call it bitumen. It's bitumen is what it looks like. B-I-T-U-M-I-N? B-I-T-U-M-E-N. Bitumen. B-I-T-U-M-E-N. It's pretty it's pretty cool, right? Yeah, yeah, right? Also, do you know where the name tarmac comes from? Tarmac. Because that's what we refer to a lot as like a runway for an airplane is tarmac. Right? To- total asphalt runway makes aircraft <laughs> clean. <laughs> no. It's not an acronym at all. And no, it does not make the airplane clean. It. No, Raj. Total asphalt runway makes aircraft coast. Ooh. That's better. Oh, That's all better. right. I always Punched it up. I almost went... If you would have came over that first, I would have given you a point. But because you didn't come over that first, zero points. I'm not negating you, but zero points right out of the gate. That was pretty good. No, tarmac comes from... All right, there was a guy in the olden days in the 1800s named John McAdam. He was a Scottish engineer, and he came up with a method for making a road, to make it a very sturdy road. He would get large stones and place them at the bottom of the road. Like Stonehenge-type stones? No, like smaller <laughs> stones, like gravel. You he said did, large, so... Okay, large gravel and put up at the bottom as a base, and then progressively smaller and smaller stones we put on top of those stones to make the road. He was also the guy that pioneered the curve in the road. So there's a small hump down the middle of the road so that rain falls off the side of the road and pools on the side of the road instead of in the middle. Again, his name was John McAdam. So that's why a lot of people, especially in Scotland, call roads McAdam roads, right? Call asphalt McAdam. There was Don't a say gap. right like that's something we knew. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's fascinating. Fascinating to me. All right. So then eventually, though, people started adding asphalt to the roads or also known as tar, because tar and asphalt are the exact same thing, just synonyms of each other. Synonyms. Asphalt, tar. So they would add tar to the macadam road. Tar, macadam, tar, mac. So that's where we get the word tarmac from. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. 
How about that? The tar kept the stones together better and helped waterproof it. It was pretty awesome. Again, I find that all fascinating, and I like deep dive like crazy into it. But I don't think the modern the I don't think the average person would really care that much about the history of road modernization or find it as captivating as I do. I feel like a Scotsman probably would. I think how, they would. And that's why how I often think, you find out that your people invented something that ubiquitous roads they're everywhere and i think scott i want to say scottish people are probably going to be the you know the um the, the largest audience that we have will probably be the scots i think that's what we're going for i, I don't know so. if we're hitting it but that's the target i think we're gonna get big scotland i think we're we got a bunch of kilts in our future if you know what i mean all right i did so i was able to find some interesting facts about asphalt. And I think I'm going to learn. I'm going to think. Oh, Jesus Christ. I was able to find some interesting things about asphalt. And I think I'm able going to. Oh, jeez. One more time. I, I So I was able to find some interesting things about asphalt. That I think are really captivating and cool. And as always, one of my facts is a little bit sexy. So I got an interesting fact. And I got a little bit of a sexy fact. Because that's my personal challenge. You, you telling me tarmac wasn't sexy? <laughs> We're getting sexier than that. So to go, so I wasn't able to find anything, but immediately I went to Fast and the Furious to find if like there was a sexy like real life Fast and the Furious crew. There wasn't because you know they're pretty sexy on that show. So I'm gonna lay the groundwork for asphalt real quick, so we all are on the same page about what asphalt actually is. So uh, asphalt is just the is a naturally occurring substance in nature. Basically, it's a byproduct of oil refinement. So we can make asphalt when we're refining oil, or it can be found naturally in nature. Uh, fun fact, there are naturally occurring lakes of asphalt. Uh, we know them as tar pits. So if you see a tar like pit. the La Brea tar pits. Exactly. Which There's I believe a, in Spanish means the tar tar pits. It does, and I just learned that today. Oh, my God, I'm giving you a point because you knew something off the top of your head that I was so excited to learn today. All right, Roger gets a point for knowing La Brea means the tar. But, yes, there's a huge one in La Brea, California, which is also in Los Angeles, so that's pretty interesting. One of the most populous cities in the world just has tar pits in it. All right, pretty cool. Um, but the largest naturally occurring lake of asphalt is in Trinidad and Tobago. Good for them. <laughs> right? And it's known as Pitch Lake, is what it translates to. Pitch Lake contains about 10 million tons of asphalt and is about 250 feet deep of just asphalt. It's insane. Uh, Pitch Lake itself was formed by oil bubbling up to the surface, and then the lighter parts of the oil would burn away, leaving behind the heavy asphalt. Pretty interesting. So it's like a natural oil refining process. So the sun... It's in Trinidad, Tobago. It's in the equator. You know, it's always pretty hot. So then left behind is just this huge lake of asphalt. So Scotland stole it from them. Scotland? Scotland told, stole the idea from them. Yeah. Not following you. Stole what idea? Tar. To take that and be like, oh, let's use this. As yes. Walter Raleigh, uh, he, that explorer who I'm sure has a interesting past, but he did find it and he... He's like saw like the natural applications of asphalt right away. He was like, this thing waterproofs our ships better than anything that we can make over in Europe. We need to like start waterproofing ships with this huge lake of asphalt that we have. He was he was it was awesome for him. Also, fun fact: if I had to choose Trinidad or Tobago, I think I'm going Tobago. 
I'm gonna leave Trinidad behind. I'd rather choose Tobago. You, you, you ever seen the, you ever seen the two islands? I can't say that I know much about them. Trinidad and Tobago, small Caribbean countries. Uh, Trinidad is the bigger one of the two, but I think because it's bigger and because it has like this pitch lake, it like thinks too much of itself. So I'd rather go to the cooler. Uh, I think the, the cool people go to Tobago, you know, and also the capital of Tobago is Scarborough. Scarborough country? Scarborough. Fun fact, right? Anyway. All right. So here is my first question about asphalt. And it's a very simple question. You ready, Raj? Yeah. All right. First question. Is asphalt a liquid or a solid? What do you think? If you had to guess, because you see asphalt all the time, you probably use it every it's day. It's a liquid, isn't it? Is that, is that what you're going in with? Am I trying to trick you because I just said that there was an asphalt lake? Am I trying to trick you into thinking maybe it's a solid? I feel like solid's the obvious answer. Yeah. Because we drive on it, but I think it's a liquid because it morphs over time. You know what? You're right. It is a liquid. It is a naturally occurring liquid. It's just really, really, really thick. You know how we it's know like this? It's like glass. Yeah, glass. Glass flows over yeah, time. Yeah. That, that, you know what? Dorn Raj, I'm giving you another point because that's a great, 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 great point about it. All right. Damn. What do you go to? Four and I'm up to negative uh, two? Three to negative two. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, so, yes. But do you know how we know that asphalt is a liquid? Uh, somebody drank it. No. No. Kind of close, though. Uh, because a professor, oh, Thomas. Somebody injected it. <laughs> no. God, that'd be horrible. No. We know this because of Professor Thomas Parnell of the University of Queensland in Brisbane, Australia. We know this because of an Australian, an Australian professor, Raj. Of all people, we know this. Man, we're we're globe trotting today. Yeah. Oh, oh, dude, we're going all around the world. Uh, he wanted to prove that to his students that some solids are actually just really, really viscous, quote unquote, thick liquids. So to do this, he got a funnel that was filled, that was sealed at the bottom, and he filled that funnel with asphalt I'm gonna redo that real quick so he got a funnel that was sealed at the bottom and he filled that funnel with asphalt and he let the asphalt settle for three years he just had this sealed this uh funnel with a sealed bottom just just sit on his desk and let it settle in that uh funnel then after three years he cut the bottom of the funnel so the asphalt could start flowing he then put the funnel under a glass and glass case and set it outside of his uh, lecture hall and just let the let let it flow so everybody could watch it as you know they were walking into the lecture or whatever. My second question to you is, Raj, how long do you think it took for the very first drop of asphalt to fall from that funnel? Six years. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Pretty cool. I'm giving you a point. <laughs> eight years. It took eight years for the first drop to fall. That's insane to me. This guy had the patience to let it sit on his desk for three years and then wait another eight years for the first drop to fall? That's insane to me. What uh, what was this guy's name? Thomas Parnell. Point to Thomas Parnell for uh, stick-to-itiveness. You know what? Eight points for him. So, so seven from me, one from you, because that's how long it took the first drop to fall. That was amazing. So, on average, it's average about one drop every decade for the past hundred-ish years. Because he did it in 1927 is when he started oh, so this whole that, thing. Is it still sitting there and it's like a thing on campus? Raj, it is still sitting there on campus. It, it, 
it, you can look at it that has a webcam so we can go right now to the queens you know the uh, uh do actual university of queensland website and look at it so actual drops fall it's not like a steady actual little... drops fall so a drop falls and then more come out do people get excited when a drop is like bubbling and like I, yes starting to get heavy 100 percent, and it's a crazy thing to look at there's a webcam that we can go and look at it we can look at it and see what it's over fun fact i'm not gonna do that we're in america so it's always nighttime when we look at it <laughs> fun fact anyway um so but you thinking i don't look at these things at night <laughs> so maybe you're what are you do what do you do at three like o'clock it's not always night there yeah i guess <laughs> to me it is that's how my brain worked um it was averaging uh so initially, it was averaging about one drop every eight years, but then around the 80s, it started to slow down to one drop every 10 years. Can you guess what happened in the 80s that made the viscosity, made the drops fall slower? It changed, changed the viscosity. It's, it, it's something of convenience that humans developed for themselves. That would affect the... Oh, air conditioning. So it's colder in the building. 100%. They put air conditioning in the building, so now the drops fall slower. It's insane. It's, 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 it's crazy to me. It's like iced asphalt now. Yeah, they had to put like... Uh, here is like... This is the list. This is like how fast the drops have been falling. I'd love to it's analyze insane. this. Oh, my God. Yeah, so they have the average length of time. Uh, right now, This it's called the pitch drop experiment. It holds the world record for the, the Guinness World Record for the longest continuous experiment. There have been other experiments that were started earlier in existence, but they were interrupted at one point or another. Uh, a lot of them started in Europe, but because of World War One and Two, they stopped. So it's really been—I mean, it increased in the '80s, but it's been—it's steadily increasing since the '50s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess that is a good point. Um, there was. They had to exchange one time. There was a beaker underneath that was catching the drops, but it was getting too full. So at one point in time, they had too to exchange. Full. Nine total drops have fallen. How big are these drops? They're they're very big. It's a big <laughs> funnel. Like it's like it's like the size of like oh, it's like the size of I'm trying to think of the fruit like a, a small pear. A small pear is what the size of these drops are. Oh, so that's why it takes so long. Yeah, yeah. Should have cut a smaller hole. I don't know. I don't know. Too small of a hole, though, and what a flow. The viscosity would be too much. Um, they had to exchange the uh, beaker that was underneath it. So when they were doing it, it was like in the nineties or something. They were doing this, and then a drop fell because it shook the base of it when they were exchanging the funnel out. It was insane. And when they were exchanging the uh, beaker underneath the funnel, so it's amazing. So it's the longest continuous experiment. Every other experiment has had some type of interruption, but because it's in Australia and there hasn't been really too many conflicts in Australia, uh, there was nothing to stop it. Europe, World War One and Two, stopped those experiments from happening at one point or another. So yeah, pretty fascinating stuff. So I want to say thank you to Dr. Thomas Parnell for coming up with that amazing experiment. Is he related to Chris Parnell in any way? I have no idea. By the way, he passed away in, I think, the oh. 70s. So he started this in the 20s. How many drips did he see? I think uh, he probably saw, I want to say, five or six. All right, that's good yeah. enough. Yeah, so he saw a good amount of these drops, but every uh, every so often, whenever, you know, he passed the torso on, uh, he passed the responsibility on to another uh, professor. Who His now nephew, is Chris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the guy. Um, he passed no, it on to you, him. Chris Parnell. Oh, <laughs> God. Stay with me here. <laughs> Minus one. <laughs> no, I'm giving myself plus one. I'm giving myself plus one. <laughs> All right, all right. 
<laughs> if we get that nitpicky, then I'm <laughs> like the rest of this is out the window. All right. <laughs> but it's so fascinating to me. Like it's not the most exciting experiment, but for how long it's been going on and like how much dedication they had to like just have this thing happen. It's definitely one of the more fascinating experiments. It's probably the, one of the longest ones that will ever happen. You know, it's interesting. Really makes you think. 100%. So that is my first point about asphalt. I found this experiment. I was like, I have to talk about this 100%. So the first point was the liquid thing, not the tarmac thing? Yes. I okay. think the tarmac was just introducing All us right. to. All right. I use that as an excuse to talk about tarmac. Tarmacatum. All right. All right. So Raj, I'll get that was a good point. I'll give you one. I'll give you one oh for God. Am I still just that at, research. So I'm just a negative one. And yeah, you're at we three? we currently have. I'm at four. You're at negative one. Thomas Parnell's at eight. Yeah, he, he deserves it. <laughs> if he doesn't win, I'm gonna be pissed. No, me too. Um, yeah. So I think so. It's passed on to three different professors. The experiment itself has outlived two professors. It's, it has enough asphalt in it to probably do. Uh, they said about a hundred years worth total. Another 100 years. So it's going to be a 200-year experiment. Talk about tenure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no points to you for that one. All right, Raj. So would you like to read a sponsor, or do you want to go into your things? Yeah, I'll read the sponsor. I know this is annoying for everyone, but uh, you got to oh, yeah. yeah, read yeah. our commercials. Got to bring home the bacon. No, no. If I could take the sponsors out of the show, if I could get the money out of the show and just be personally just invested into it, I would. Yeah, honestly, like, don't yeah. buy things from these people because yeah. they're ruining the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, Roger, I'm leaving you the notes on the sponsor. And then, yeah. But, you know, they pay us. So let me, uh, let me read this important. Let me read this important, uh, important words here. Yep. All right, uh, so blah, 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 sponsor. Yeah, All right, Roger, are you ready? You, you think you're gonna do good for this? Uh, these people pay us money for this. Though, yeah, so I'll, I'll do my best for yeah. them. All right. Hey, folks, do you wake up every morning for work and hate having to tie your own tie? Well, come on down to Slytherin Sam Self Tying Ties in Snake Town, Arizona. Here we have the largest selection of high quality ties, all with our patented self tying technology. And before you ask, no, these ties are not just snakes. <laughs> That we have taught to tie dots around people's necks. Choose from a variety of colors, including Cobra Red, Venom Green, and Viper Orange. So come on down to Slytherin Sam's Self-Tying Ties, located at the corner of Python Boulevard and Cobra Avenue, where our prices are nothing to hiss about. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I love that guy. Slytherin Sam. Actually, I... I've heard that Slytherin Sam has had some trouble going on, some legal trouble. Apparently, he was arrested for uh, had running, having uh, exotic animals in his possession that he shouldn't have had. Yeah, I heard he's a little, a little shady. Yeah, a little bit shady, but he's a real nice guy. He sent us this package of self-tying ties, so I, I'm really excited to open them up. Do you want right. to see what this package is? Yeah, about? I mean, I read it, so why don't you open the All package? All right, so I'm going to open this package. Okay, All right, Slytherin Sam, he's sent us this, these self-tying ties that definitely are not snakes. And Oh my God, it's snakes! <laughs> Do I get a point? <laughs> sure. That was a good effort. Yes. <laughs> All right, Raj. What do you got? All okay. right. All right. So that was our uh, that was our advertisement read. Thanks for sticking with us. That very uh, intense advertisement read. We all recovered there. Unfortunately, we're snakes in that box, so I think Slytherin Sam has a lot there to you know answer for. But uh, Raj, what? Uh, I mean, the the amount of venom was minimal at yes, most, so yes. we should I, be fine. I I personally like the Cobra Red. 
I'm more of a Viper Orange kind of guy. All right, Raj. Um, so you got a segment that you want to talk about? or Yeah, you know? so, you know, I, I like some data. I like a good spreadsheet now and then. So I, I thought to myself, uh, who, who uses the most of this asphalt? Who, who, where are we going to put the most in the world if we're looking around? Okay, that's impressive. Um, not super easy to find. I mean, honestly, I didn't do a ton of research, but I did find one study that told me this information. It was really hard to find any information on asphalt. Like history, like there's there's only like three or four sad people that put YouTube <laughs> videos up about the history of asphalt. And so this, I don't know that it's purely asphalt, but this is a study on uh, what they call impervious surface area. Oh my God. ISA includes roads, parking lots, buildings, driveways, sidewalks, and other man-made surfaces. So there's definitely concrete included and things like that. But I think it's close enough for government work. Right. Especially, like, I didn't think about parking lots, but it's not just roads. It's like parking lots need asphalt, too, driveways, all that stuff. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, so this is from a study. It's a 2007 study, so it's a little outdated, but I'm sure it's on the right track. Um, By Christopher Elvidge, Benjamin Tuttle, Ramakrishna, Namani, and... Uh, partners oh so Uh, it was a it's a whole group of people yeah they did a study uh it was published in sensors on um nih.gov sensors Um, but they looked at the top 100 countries in the world in uh what they call impervious surface area okay in square kilometers and then they compared that to population to say isa per population per person okay Interesting. So we're so, going by per capita. So my question to you is: First, we'll do the top five countries as of 2007 in impervious surface area, total surface area, top. not per capita, total surface area, total surface area. So it's so got the, the most man-made stuff covering the world. Interesting. So I imagine like number one's got to be USA. Like I imagine that's like somewhere up there. USA is number two. Ooh, so there's one that's being. It's USA. very close. So again, maybe it's changed since yeah. then. But honestly, this other country's probably gotten further away from us since then. So then, uh, my other one that I might go into is China. China's number one. Holy so as crap. of this, they were at eighty-seven thousand. That seems too low. So maybe it's in millions. Eighty-seven thousand one hundred eighty-two square kilometers. Wow. Okay. We were at eighty-three eight eighty-one. Okay. So USA and China battling it out for the most amount of asphalt. There's another one close, and then an enormous drop off. Okay, so another one that might be close in roads. All right, I want to say I don't want to go a European country, but because of the autobahn, I want to go to Germany. <laughs> Germany is one of those. Now Germany is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteenth. Wow! So even about ten percent as much as China, United States, and this other. One. wow that's Euro- amazing i'll tell you european countries they're just too small they don't have the surface area they're too small and they like trains too much i think i think trains are a big hindrance to it you know um as well i'm counting roads i mean uh, there's other things with that but they have the most famous they have one of the most famous stretches of roads and all right interesting i wanted to go italia because of the appian way they're known for the, the original road but uh, i'm not italy's 14th yeah just behind germany oh my gosh okay well i mean those two are always together uh so i think teammates for life <laughs> i want to say russia russia there's just the sheer size of russia russia comes in fifth so top five wow. but it's below the bear it's way below That's the top insane. three okay and then a lot uh, of a lot of snow a lot of empty siberian waste yeah, i met well i imagine there is a lot of wasteland and uh uh let's do uh let's do uh, J- japan they're very industrialized Japan is seventh. They're just too okay. Uh, what about Mexico? 
Mexico's eighth. What, what am I doing? All right. You're, you're going to feel dumb when you hear one of the... You'll, when you hear the third one, okay. you'll not feel dumb, but like... Okay. You'll wish you had... Give me one it. more second to figure this out. Okay, so what other place have Fourth is one? in the mix, but okay. won't bother you. Three will bother you, I think. So USA, um, Singapore, Taiwan... Uh, Look away. Gosh. Uh, uh, no, I know. I, I bartender case for giving me answers. I'm not going to take it right now. Uh, uh, uh it's not Canada. There's too much open area in Canada. Uh, not Egypt. Not Israel. Canada is ninth for anyone that might have been thinking Canada was uh, the answer. Yeah, gosh, ah, I can't keep on. I keep keep on like taking up time like this. Um, er, it's not England. England's tenth or something like that. I'm going to go Brazil. Ooh, Brazil's fourth. Ooh, okay. So Bra- Brazil's okay. best of the rest. It's not okay. in the top three. Best, okay, Brazil. So for context, it goes 87,000, 83,000, 81,000, 17,000. Wow, okay. It's Brazil. And then what was the fifth one again? Japan? Russia. Russia? Okay. Oh, my God. Uh, no, what else can I not think? Uh, it's pretty low on the per person, but it's third in the world in payment. Is it South Korea? North Korea. No. Is it a Korea? No. <laughs> Come Korea's on, tell me. Are, a... uh, South Korea is maybe 20-something. I don't know why, but I feel like North Korea would have like a great infrastructure, even though it has it's a horrible country. Um, Ooh, we're getting political here. North Korea is pretty low on the list. Uh, okay. I'm going to shoot my shot. Uh, no, you said low in population. I was just about to say India. No, it's low in population. It's low in pavement per population. So it's high population, high pavement. It's the only one that I have up. That's the only one I have left, and it seems like a large enough where it might be. I want to say India. 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 So our top five is China, United States, India, Brazil. Wow. China, United States, India are grouped, and then nothing for a long time. And then Brazil, Russia, Indonesia are pretty close. How does India have so many roads compared to everybody else? It's a very big country with a lot of people. Really? Okay, so yeah, that makes sense. So the next question is per person. Most kilom- square kilometers per person that is covered. Okay. Give me the top five there. Give me some guesses there. So the population really like hurts, uh, really hurts yes. India. So China, yeah. India, and Brazil are nowhere close. They all like drop off. So I guess USA is pretty high up there, right? Yeah. US. So it's not sorted by this, and it's a word doc, so I can't sort it. Yeah. But uh, I believe United States is fourth in per what? person. Get a heck out of here. Um. Let's go with uh, let's go with some European countries. Let's see if we can dig that out. Um, this so, this one's harder. Uh, Monaco. No, Luxem- I don't know that you'll get these. Luxembourg. No. Vatican. You're going too extreme. <laughs> come no, on. Because those they're high density probably, but there's no people there. So now oh, come on. Uh, so and not- they might be too small to be on the list. This is the top hundred in total pavement, and then. Combine taking that. So of the top hundred in most pavement. So I want to just. What is the highest density? Just looking around the room, I want to say Greece. Nope. <laughs> Greece. Greece is fairly high. Greece is fairly high. I don't know. I don't have the actual number, but it's decent. It's it's probably top half of the fifty. Okay. Or top of top fifty of the hundred. I don't want to go anywhere with Asia because there's just so low, so yeah, high me, population. Like I want to give go... you the general areas. Give me number three. Number three. Um, hold please. Because I've had I got USA at number four. Who's number three? 
Um, number three is... Let me make sure I have these in the right order. I need downtime. I'll just cut out. Number three is Finland. Not many people. And then decent paper. <laughs> so it's going to be wealthy. Wealthy countries is the key. All right. So what? So I'm going to Europe a lot? So number one is going to be a... Yeah, uh, yeah, just rattle them off and I'll feel bad about myself. Number one is going to be in technically Asia. Middle East is what you would describe it as, to be really? specific. Oh, is it United Arab Emirates? Correct. Wow. So That's they, amazing. for reference, as of 2007, so they probably jumped, I would assume, had 379 square kilometers of impervious surface area per person. Wow, that's amazing. Or, sorry, 379 people per square kilometer of surface area. Uh, Finland was at, at third, was 322. United States fourth is at 296. Second has been said today. Oh. When you were guessing the first time around. Okay. Uh, Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> While you were guessing the first time around. Uh, okay. Uh, Use the logic that got you there the first time. Who's going to have a lot of a lot of pavement? Uh, Japan? No. Uh, Russia? A lot of pavement and then a lot of bare area that people aren't going to live. Germany? No. Who? who? Canada. Really? Canada's at 352. They're second. Wow, okay. And then fifth, we're going back to the Finland area, and I believe it is Norway. See, I thought... So those northern yeah. countries where they're affluent, yeah. fully industrialized, yet don't have a lot of people because half their country's inhospitable. Yeah, that makes sense. That's interesting that a lot of the... Russia's on the per person. Russia's higher than Brazil, India, China, Indonesia, and then Japan's high again. That's really interesting. A lot of... The equator countries are like less uh well less wealthy or advanced uh you know uh less wealthy than like the northern countries interesting spain's fairly high okay of the okay. big russian okay. ones it looks like spain's the most per capita you say of the big russian ones sorry of the big european ones okay i was about <laughs> to say was there a time when like the european like when uh you know russia and spain were like together you know saudi arabia is really high was Spain independent during World War II? Like, did they yeah, not? Yeah, they, they, they said no, thank side. you. They so they didn't take any sides. So I don't think so. Wow. So France was getting their butt kicked, and they were just like, "No, we got nothing for you." Yeah. Really. Yeah. They said, "Just nobody invade us." Is that why a lot of people like went over to Spain, then to Brazil, or whatever, to Portugal, or whatever? Argentina is what you're looking for. I wonder, yeah, yeah, like to South America. I wonder if Portugal, where they were at. I wonder if they were still into like. I think they had a meat shield that yeah. was Spain. Yeah. Who was working with France as their yeah. own meat shield? Yeah. By the way, can you never say meat shield ever again <laughs> on this podcast? It's, it's a Survivor just, thing. What? They always they always say that on Survivor. That's why really? it's in my head. Yeah. The, in what context do they say meat shield in Survivor? The athletic guys want to be the second most athletic guy there. Oh, because... So, the, like, yeah. this season, these names won't mean anything to you. Yeah. Xander wanted to keep Ricard around because he yeah. knew he was the second best at challenges. Okay. So, as long as Ricard was the best, he worked hard to keep him around yeah. so that if they decided to get rid of an athlete, they Maybe. would get the other guy, not him. Wow. Man. I don't... Okay. I... I, they should do like a case study in Survivor. I feel like they probably have. Yeah, I'm sure there's to tons see, of like, yeah. analyses of it. Whoever had that idea to get 20 people together and just see how they survived is 
I, I mean, I, I know it's probst, but you'd, you'd have to do it on the older ones though, because the new ones there's too much random variation. Yeah. Gotcha. And they kind of like know. What but the old doing. ones were pretty, pretty straight up. And there's really no advantages. It's yeah. You did a game. Whoever lost the game got rid of somebody. Yeah, it was awesome. All right, Raj. Well, thank you for that uh, spreadsheet data that you always bring to the table. Yeah, I wish it had been newer, but that's the best I could find on. That's okay. Two months notice or whatever. I I, I had so much trouble finding anything on asphalt. It's uh, I don't I don't begrudge you at all. You Google uh, most asphalt per city, and you just get a lot of ads for companies that will pour asphalt in your city. <laughs> You know what's interesting? I got a lot of my information from independent asphalt company websites on the history of asphalt. Pretty cool, actually. So I thought dentists were just the only geeks in the world, but it's actually asphalt people as well. Also, so this is going to lead into my uh, last segment. Uh, so like I said, I was trying to make something sexy about the topic that we're doing. This one, uh, I tried to find women with biker gangs. So that was my big thing. I wanted to see, there's got to be like a hot female biker out there that did something crazy, right? It's got to be a thing, right? I go searching on the web, uh, the internet, and the website that I found that had the most information, the deepest, best information I could find on female biker gangs was a law office website. They had like a whole, like, they had like, 600 a thousand words just for like the history of biker gangs and the different biker gangs what it's like to be a female biker it's insane so they specialize in biker law that's exactly what it is bike law they specialize in injuries due to motorcycle accidents so Uh, so they're ambulance chasers they know that motorcyclists gets in a lot get in a lot of accidents a lot of times so and they know that the female biker gang is increasing the more women power the more the women empowerment is coming to the you know the forefront of society they're breaking down that glass ceiling that's keeping them at the bottom of the biker barrel. They're becoming the bikers. They're becoming the ones with the bandanas on, the ones that are on, on, on the back of the hog riding down I-95. Do you and, mean the front of the hog? Yep, I do. <laughs> Stereotypically, the women would be on the back of the hog. They're wherever they want to be on the hog. They get to choose where they want to be on the hog. Maybe on ah, the back, maybe point. on the front. Good okay? point. You know, I can choose where I'll give I you want a point for that. That know? was a... Uh... You know, you know, I appreciate the Good point. correction. And then these guys are saying, you know what? They're they're getting into this world. We're going to represent them. We're going to be the, the female biker uh, law office representative representation. So it's pretty. It's it's really it's a real interesting socioeconomic web that we found ourselves in, deep diving into the female biker gang arena. It's interesting. I bet you had a lot of fun doing this. I had a lot of fun doing this. It's kind of a jump from asphalt to what's on asphalt. Uh, Motorcycles. Uh, Who rides motorcycles? Uh, Ladies. (laughs) You find something other (laughs) sexy about the history of asphalt, and I will give you a dollar. I'll give you a shiny dollar. There's no sexy asphalt layers? There is not. I mean, there probably is, but they don't have any websites about them. (laughs) And I'm not about to go to one that does have the website. Well... I'm not about to go to it because it doesn't exist. If it does exist, I would have gone to it. <laughs> All right. Fun. Okay. So my sexy one, though, that I found is, is from the Tampa Bay News. Okay. Uh, so we're going all the way down the floor. TBN. Yep. Woman on motorcycle clocked at going blank miles per hour. 69. During an I-275 chase. So this woman. 169. Chris is asking the question. Of course. So, that, yeah, of course, really. 100%. Right? <laughs> we just got an eye roll from the audience. I 169. Roger, I'm giving you a point for, you know. <laughs> uh, all right, so what is your finance? Or how fast do you think this woman is going on? And, uh, it's, 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 it's significant enough to make me ask the question. 
Uh, yeah, I have no idea how fast motorcycles go. Um, this, from any standard, this is pretty damn fast. 172. Close. 150 miles per hour. She went 150 miles that per hour. That feels like an estimate. During, if it's exactly 150, that right? means they, they didn't clock her. They it's just insane. guessed. Oh, the fact that she was driving that fast on a motorcycle, not the fact that she was, you know, if we're in a car and we drive that fast, that's one thing. We don't have the wind literally blowing through our hair. She was, I don't have the wind blowing <laughs> through my hair, no matter what, because I'm bald. But she she was driving 150 miles per hour on the back of an engine flying down the highway. This happened recently, okay? So uh, her name was Gina Henry. She's age 38, and uh, she's a Tampa Bay motorcycle saleswoman. So she works at a... Oh, uh, so it was an yeah. advertising stunt, publicity yeah. stunt. Maybe a stunt. She was driving a BMW bike down the highway, and this was during COVID, so there weren't a when lot When I of... think motorcycles, I think BMW. Actually, kind of, right? Well, they... They're very sporty, apparently. I'll tell you, no, I got, I got, a, I got a level with everybody in the audience right now. I have no idea anything about motorcycles, so I apologize. I didn't do a good amount of uh, uh, research on this. But anyway, she works at, at a, as a motorcycle saleswoman, and she uh, was riding her BMW bike down the highway during COVID. So there weren't a lot of people uh, on the highway. Get loose out there. Yes. A couple of cops clocked her going down the highway at like 82 miles an hour. It actually was 82 miles an hour in a 60 mile. Why did you hedge? <laughs> I, I'm unsure of myself. I don't have any confidence. I got to work on that. All right. Anyway, so uh, she was driving down the highway 82 miles per hour. The cops clocked her. She was in a 60 mile per hour zone. They start chasing after her. Lights go on. She sides. You know, you know how some people decide to pull over? She didn't. She gunned it down God the highway. Her. She ran so fast. She got up. She They clocked her at 150 miles per hour. So like you said, she was probably going faster than that. They just couldn't figure it out. The, she saw the lights on. She's kept on going, kept driving, weaving in, weaving in and out. There wasn't a lot of traffic, so she was going, going, going. Eventually, though, she did pull over because she saw that she was being chased by a helicopter. <laughs> and for her words, exactly. Why did you pull over, Gina? Uh, because... I'm not faster than a helicopter. <laughs> self-awareness. So that great self-awareness self is amazing. So, yes. So, Gina Henry, age 38 in Tampa Bay, went 150 miles per hour. Do we know off. what happened to Gina Henry? Uh, she uh, seems to be out and doing just fine. So, I think she just got a fine or probation or something. So, this probably wasn't the first time. Good. And it was during COVID, so there wasn't a lot of cars on the highway. So I don't think they like threw the book at her. I think she just, you know, uh, they definitely like punished her, but they didn't like, you know, she's not going. To, this isn't like a Shawshank Redemption where they're trying to keep her in the jail because she knows how to do like taxes or whatever. So she's not tarring any roofs. <laughs> Bastard. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you're taking. The- Wow, you're taking this episode, you're throwing it right back in my face, Raj, and I don't like that at all. A point, point to Raj. Like I'm here for this episode, but I feel like you're like here for this episode. Wow, that was uh, that was impressive. <laughs> Damn it, Raj. Do you think I subconsciously brought up Shawshank Redemption because of that scene, or have I been steering you this whole time? Whoa, <laughs> whoa. Pow! 
Blown. But that's blown right. I did almost make a Shawshank Redemption earlier when you referenced tar. Really? Tar and asphalt being the same thing. I was like, oh, so they were asphalting that roof in Shawshank Redemption? <laughs> I thought about that. I'm glad you brought it up now. The decision to keep it to the end of the episode, pretty good. I knew. I knew. I could get you there. All right, man. Well, shit. I don't think I could do anything to redeem like the point total I got because that's all I had. That you uh, on my sexy asphalt was this. uh, She's a you know a fairly attractive woman on the back of a motorbike going faster, almost twice as fast as I've ever gone. She went a hundred. I I haven't gotten past a hundred miles per hour, let alone a hundred and fifty miles per hour on a motorcycle. So, my hat goes off to you, Gina Henry, age 38, Tampa Bay. So, the score check, if you're wondering at home, Chris is in last with one point. Yep. I'm a gentleman second with six, and the winner is Thomas Parnell, <laughs> Parnell with eight. I feel like the sword, the real winner can only be uh, people at the podcast. Oh, so I win the sword? Yes. I think... Ka-ching. It pains me... It pa- Can I rent out a storage unit at your house? Yes, I'll I'll keep it here. But the owner of the sword, the keeper of the sword, for you, you do not touch that sword. It's got to stay there. I'm gonna put that somewhere, and you will not touch it until okay. the next time right, you win but... it. <laughs> and that someplace is gonna be on your mantle. Okay, <laughs> we had a mantle. We don't. We have a fireplace, but no mantle. Well, Raj, thank you for letting me talk to you about asphalt. Thank you for those great jokes. And uh, I I respect the game too much to not hate you, but I do hate you so much uh, for winning this round of Two Drunks Don't Make a Right Asphalt Edition. I appreciate it. Your research really paved the way. Uh, you know, <laughs> are you trying to take my jokes for the ending of this? Or is that what you're trying to do? Oh, all right. You can cut that. No, no. I didn't I didn't write one down. I, this, 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 this picture was literally the end of my thing. I don't have anything after that. So, All right, guys. Well, that was a great episode. Roger, you're the winner. So I've won it once. You've won it once. So good and job, the, Roger. The crowd's going wild. Yeah, yeah, they love it. They're not just putting up with us. God, God bless wives everywhere for putting up with husbands. Mm-hmm. Especially wives that cannot handle dairy. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening to the episode. My name is Chris. I'm Roger. And next time we'll be in your ear saying something funny. I'm trying to make your day a little bit better. Good night.